Hi everyone, I'm Portia. And I'm Namsa. Welcome to Assume It Will Be Brilliant. Hi Portia. Hi Noms, how are you? I mean, I'm good. I, I woke up from a very deep, sleepy nap. And when I tell you the sleep owns me right now, that's the reason why I don't take naps. But yeah, how are you? Same, you know, I've been oversleeping. I went dancing one time and now, and then I slept until like 2 p.m. And then I'm still, and so now I've had, I was undersleeping and now I'm oversleeping. Maybe someday I'll find balance. Yeah, same, same. Actually, I was also undersleeping. Now I'm like, hey, sleep, where are you, where are you at, my old friend? Um, but yeah, I'm actually really excited today. Today we're talking about the good fight, which we love and we've been talking about for the past two seasons. And mm-hmm. we're finally, finally doing the, the good fight episode. And it's the end of the good fight because we've just uh, gone through the series finale, yes, six seasons yeah. um, of just pure television magic. Every episode I watch, I'm like, this is cinema. (laughs) (laughs) Or it's like television, right? It's not cinema. (laughs) I mean, sure. (laughs) Is it prestige? Why is it? I still don't know why prestige television is just considered things like on HBO. I I don't know. I don't even know the definition. I think it's, I don't know. Maybe it's the kind of shows I think that HBO does. We're like... Netflix or Hulu are doing some of those, but then a lot, a lot more of not like fluff stuff. So right. I think maybe I don't know. <clears throat> mm-hmm. I mean, this isn't an HBO show. Um, it's in fact I think it was CBS, and then yeah, um, cable. It, then they then they took it to street. Yeah, it was a streaming show. It's basically a uh, spinoff of The Good Wife, which I know you loved. Did you not watch the whole thing? I did watch the whole thing because once I started, I was like, no, I have to finish because I went too far. I was too far in. What I actually love about The Good Fight is it somehow, for me, didn't really Mm -hmm. have that dip, so to speak. I think it's because each season they were doing something interesting. And I guess it's the kind of show. It's kind of satirical, hyperbolic. They're using animation. They're using music. They're using all these different media to sort of give us some sort of political or social or just like comical story or commentary and I think the characters stayed very strong throughout yeah Um, well I would say that it's overtly (laughs) a political show and what it does is it doesn't it doesn't stick to genre I think the only typical thing about it is that it's an hour-long legal drama but that but the similarities between it and every other hour-long legal drama end there there's nothing else that is similar to but like Boston Legal was a legal drama but overtly a comedy like it had something that it was just doing there. Yes. this has elements of comedy in it it's the yeah. practice even the new one all rise there's so many legal dramas that we can think of uh that go on that sort of case by case basis and exactly and yeah. they have the characters and then you follow them in their personal lives but mm. the good fight is completely different I, I mean I don't know anything mm. about the producers and the writers or what the culture was like I haven't really read any background of that but I always felt in my head that like these people when they come together to create this show like there's just wide open space in terms of creativity mm. I feel like they pick a topic they pick an issue yeah in and fact- um, then they're like what is what is the most interesting way we can tell this story and it does this thing where mm. it's 
it's it's episodic and um, and it's narrative yeah. driven but it decides to just be anthological sometimes it has capsule exactly. episodes that are just like boom you know this is what we're doing i remember the first time i watched the first episode that had um an animated musical number in the middle to explain i think it was yeah. like filibustering or something like that like what yeah, that yeah. was and i was i thought i was cuz sometimes okay listen don't report me but i don't always <laughs> like watch these things officially okay sometimes I'll go to a website where I can press play because right. it's not technically illegal right. <laughs> in Canada. If you if you use your IP to share the stream, right. then you've entered into dangerous territory. But <laughs> if you just press play and sit still, you're fine. So because I was doing that, I remember I was doing that at that time. I just found it somewhere on some website, and I thought that I was like. Oh yeah, no, this is a problem. Like I do, I've clicked on this is why you can't venture into like the black market of television, you know? And I was like, wait a minute, this yeah, is you intentional. Get the first yes, yeah, exactly. I thought that it was just someone who had edited a video of the good fight like, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, I think in terms of of form in terms of like what it is doing to the genre of what it has done. Mm. I think it's singular and I'm yet to see I suppose actually it may be in the Marvel. I haven't seen this show um and this would be completely different energy but um She-Hulk which is like mm. uh, I believe some Marvel TV production apparently it's a legal mm. thing that she's a lawyer yes, and yes. I did not yeah, I did not know that for a while so I'm like maybe that's about as different but in terms of being like hyper realistic having real people as we've discussed before when we've mentioned like Boston legal for me anything that has actors over 50 like sustaining the show like being grown mm. you know and doing things and having i'm like i'm in i'll watch it i'll watch it from the beginning to the end i mean the thing to say too about it is that it is i think like hyper intellectual as well yes like yes. it's not it's you're not watching it for for what are other like vena grays and uh you know these shows what they try to teach yeah. you about like the world you know what i mean these people yeah. are in the nitty gritty of it you know it's about yeah. as, as real as it gets for how lawyers in a big law firm are talking about and approaching these legal issues it's not like mm-hmm. dumbed down of course it's edited in a way that you can fit it in this way but it is not like suits okay where like you get a case and you've solved yeah, it by it's... the end and it's as if you can just walk to a judge and be like blah 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 you know what i mean and i like also i will say which is an issue that they play with very nicely in all the themes i like the diversity of the show in a very serious yes. way including in character like you know we're going to talk a little bit later about our favorite side characters and stuff like that but like mm-hmm. the variety of personality which they obviously get from like Boston legal ish and mm-hmm. obviously mm-hmm. from the good wife as well is cuz there's a lot of crossover in there like mm-hmm. one of my favorite lawyers that appears is Elspeth uh, Tassioni she's oh, yes. just yeah. the quirkiest of the ladies you know and yeah. she was in the good wife as well and i just really like the respect you know that is given and the the, the like obvious commentary on the judgments people have about like what's a good lawyer mm. and how to do that anyway i've been ranting for a while so you go no i mean actually when you spoke about boston legal i hadn't thought about it because i i guess i'd put boston legal again in its own category of legal drama um or dramedy and interestingly i'm like thinking as you're speaking i actually find it's closest to boston legal in that um You know, Boston Eagle was also that it became overtly political at some. Well, not I guess not political, but um, 
social commentary which had its leanings in politics and then also the sort of hyperbolic storylines and also not taking itself too seriously also having those those actors in the same way in the good fight you have those actors who've been in it for years and who are they're artists and they've been they just know what mm-hmm. they're doing in that same way Boston Eagle had those same actors and characters and I think what it is about the age thing is that it makes it quite believable because right. you don't there's not much backstory that you need from them interestingly enough because you believe them in their character. You just see a life experience in the way they're handling their stories. It's, and of course, I love both of them with my entire heart. Obsessed, obsessed. Like we said, I mean, in the same way, Boston Eagle was a spinoff of The Practice. This is a right. spinoff of um, The Good Wife. And it follows Diane Lockhart, who leaves her law firm and joins this leading Black law firm in Chicago, which is headed by the partners Reddick, Bozeman, and Colstad. And the reason she has to move is because one of her friends is involved in this Ponzi scheme. And he happens to be the father of Maya Rindal, who, who also has just become a lawyer and who, who together with Diane join Redick Bozeman and Kolstad. And they're basically trying to recover financially from this whole Ponzi scheme, which um, ruined a lot of people financially. And um, Maya is also trying to recover reputationally because she's linked now to her father. This particular f- for law firm, like we, like I said, is black law firm, and they in this season um, of where they're at as a law firm are tackling gun violence, uh, well, gun violence and police brutality yeah. in in Chicago and I guess in America. What they basically take you through throughout the seasons is. Um, you see that they're, you know, highly political. They're mainly a left-leaning law firm. They tackle Me Too, the alt-right, fake news, Trumpism, and all these different things. It's quite, every season is timely. Every season mm-hmm. um, is linked to what's happening in America specifically. And while it is left-leaning, they also have these right-leaning characters like Julius Payne, who is a black Republican who's working at the law firm. Also at some point becomes a judge. A judge. um, Who, you know. A Trump judge. Yeah, actively supports the Trump of it all, you know. Sometimes he he would hedge. He had a hard time defending some things, but like. Because he was a principled guy and he he was what you would call a a Romney Republican, but then who supported Trump in the same way lots of conservatives supported Trump so that they could get the nominee, they get they they could get their um their candidates into mm-hmm. the, the White House. It it uses, like we spoke about, satire, high drama, hyperbole, music, animation, and keeps very things at high paced and also just very strange storylines, things you wouldn't think that would come up, like in the sixth six season when um Diane is using i don't want to say mushrooms what are they called like uh psychedelics yes Yes. and also in other seasons her dream states and um there's one where she's dreaming about if trump didn't win 
And she imagines that actually Hillary won and she's in this like wonderful dream. That was my favorite. I believe that that was the pilot, not the pilot, the opening up of the first episode for the season or maybe the previous season. No, that was like two seasons ago. Maybe two seasons ago. Yes. Yeah. And and she wakes up in a a dream, in like a fantasy dream where she's the only one who like Hillary won in the world. And she's like, was it a dream? Was it a dream? But like, (laughs) (laughs) so it is like, it's just very, it's legal drama, but it's not so serious. But like you say, it's highly intellectual and they assume the audience is smart. And I love that. Um, So, yeah, I mean, the main characters are Diane, um, who's played by Christine Baranski. Fantastic, fantastic, fantastic. And she at some stage becomes a named partner and then becomes an unnamed partner. Yes, um, (laughs) because of race, you know, race issues come up because there's people, people in the firm. When she's transitioning to the black firm she can bring her clients and she does have Mm. the clout and has earned you know the I guess not the the right is the wrong word but it would make financial logical and sort of like Mm. in in a set in a reciprocity sense for like what she would be bringing to the firm it felt correct that she would become a a partner but then you know they're like but the whole thing about this firm is that it's a black firm the black you know? firm. Yeah. how are we gonna how are we gonna do this how is she will she make decisions and diane herself is also like i i don't know what the right answer is to this situation and she's brought yeah. there also because of her friendship with audra mcdonald's character yes liz liz really liz. liz reddick yes and liz um, wants her to be a partner but they also have a very interesting dynamic you know in terms of like ten, you know competition and yeah. hierarchy and yeah. uh respect because you know lockhart is joining but this is her father's law firm in a way you this know is liz is, liz is yeah liz's legacy and you know does she just automatically deserve it? yeah it's all very well done and all very interesting yeah i mean they're also talking about them as let's have an all-female wolf firm at some stage yeah but also that that discussion of like diane should she even be a partner and then they're like but she should be a partner but does it really help if they're trying to be this black wolf firm so yeah it's a it's an interesting discussion throughout the series um and diane is also married to kurt who is a right-leaning conservative um who eventually ends up ends up working for the nra um, in a time of rampant gun violence and Diane and her friends and colleagues being completely um, anti-NRA and pro-gun legislation and um, regulation. She comes with Maya, who's played by Rose Leslie um, of Game of Thrones fame. I love Rose Leslie. I, I loved her in the Time Traveler's Wife voice. as well. Oh, yeah. you really watched that, huh? I love that. I loved it. I was sad it wasn't. You're so funny, Nomsa, because you're such you can be such a snob. You're like yuck to the good wife, you know? I know. (laughs) Which is like not even a bad (laughs) But you'll be like, I watched the I could not even manage. Such a contradiction. (laughs) Oh my god, lol. Anyway. She was, um, she starts like, yeah, she's there as a first year and she's there from seasons one to three. And then Luca Quinn, who also comes from The Good Wife. I and she's, um, she, oh, I loved Luca as well. Play, played by Kush 
um, Jumbo. Push Jumbo, which is a very interesting name as well. Very interesting name. Um, her character is fantastic throughout. She's there from seasons one to one to five, and it takes her from being a, a, a senior associate and basically on the track to becoming a partner. And then we spoke about Liz, who's played by Audra McDonald, and we've talked about her in this role for the past two seasons we know her from um private practice she like we said is um it's her it's her legacy her father started the firm and um he later is um, involved in a posthumous me too scandal which we actually spoke about um i think in season one yes. or two um, yeah. and she's grappling with that from when it comes out um, until the end actually yeah. and, and has a very interesting discussion with her son her young son um, mm-hmm. at the end about you know w- what it means what a legacy really is and how people are complicated um, mm-hmm. and that they're not all, all one thing and, and I actually love that about the, the, the good fights is that that's thematically um, something they explore, that people are not one thing. And then she was married to Adrian Bozeman, who's also a named partner, who's played by Delroy Lindo. Mm-hmm. Um, but he then later leaves at the end of season four. I think he like features a bit in season five and he enters politics. And then one of my favorites, Marissa Gold, who is Eli Gold's daughter, also from The Good Wife. And um, she is played by Sarah Steele. She starts off as an investigator with Jay DePersia, who's played by Nyambi Nyambi. And then she later, um, near the end, becomes a lawyer herself. Um, and then uh, we've got late arrivals Carmen Moyo, who's played mm-hmm. by Charmaine Bengua, who joins in season five. And she starts off, yeah, first year uh, associate, but is handling huge, huge cases. She's very with good. The Does worst not shy of the away worst from criminals. Controversy. Yeah. Not in the she's she's like, as long as I have my bag, I'm gonna take 100%. the case. Yeah. She's she's like a typical, I'm doing the law for she believes in the but law. But she seems to have kind of an ethos. I think her view, at least my analysis of it, maybe because I so badly want to like her character. Um, because mm-hmm. I like that she's sort of an, an anti-hero in their in their kind of they have a bit of a self-aggrandizing absolutely you know legal culture you know they think mm-hmm. they're like the black firm they're the good ones they do all these things you know when they make compromises it's hard and they debate them and they don't know and they want to do the right thing and I think Carmen comes in sort of being like hypocrisy is a factor of the American culture <laughs> in the world. exactly you know and she's and like she's, I'm just and here to be a lawyer yeah I'm not. I'm not here to do anything else, you know, and I want to develop this skill and I want to be good at it. And that's what I'm going to do. And in fact, it's interesting that what they give her, her moment of like debate is when, you know, speaking to the sort of hyper creative kind of realistic, but fantastical world that they create in some episodes of this, when Jay discovers this sort of like underground superhero, like, what would we even call it? Like, I was going to say black mafia, but they're not a crime syndicate. They're like, no, a, they're like anti white supremacist group. Yes. Like, yes. They're, they're, they're like, they're actively fighting white supremacist groups. Yes. Un- underground. They actively fight them. They find out who they are. They target them. They, you know, get rid of them. And it's interesting that Jay brings Carmen into it to help. And she, yeah. that's when she debates. She's like, I don't yes. know. She's she's not that into being a hero. She doesn't really yeah. like want, want that, you know? Um, and so I was like, what a great character. What a way to like 
do that thing where they mix our emotions, you know? <laughs> yeah. And I loved what I love about her is that she knows herself in that yeah. way. She is not, she knows, not at all. She's a very strong character, a very good lawyer. And she does like pose this thorn in their side and that they do believe themselves to be high and mighty above everyone else. They do the ethical and right thing all the time, supposedly, but actually hypocritically. And she is, she's in fact above that. She's above the hypocrisy. She's like, cool. I'm just here for the bad. I'm here for the following the money. And I, and it actually makes her quite a very, uh, quite a good lawyer. She doesn't judge her, her clients. Yes, um, exactly. She, she just, she just comes up with the best um, defense for them as possible as, 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 yeah, as much as she can. Yeah. She has some kind of ethos, you know? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Her ethos is the law, the mm. law. That's it. Like she's, she's like, what are the legal grounds? What, what is the case? What can I do? to best defend my clients. And then, of course, uh, Richard Lane, who joins the firm as um, a late season or late series arrival. He joins in season six mm-hmm. um, as a new named partner. And, oh, I mean, I love this man so much. Just as an actor. Andre um, Brower, you forgot to say oh, his name. Yeah, he's, yes. he's amazing. I love him in Brooklyn Nine-Nine as, the, you know, the captain who is just very, he's so funny. He's just straightforward. If anybody sees, I, I don't think I've seen every episode of Brooklyn Nine-Nine, but I've like checked yeah. from time to time when I need like something popcorn-y. Andre Brow is just incredible. Like he, this yeah. character, but this is might be the favorite thing I've ever seen him do. And I haven't Same. seen everything he's ever done, but him as Richard is just beautiful. It's funny. It's, beautiful. it's like sweet in a way mm. he's still powerful I love it. he comes in like a something that's in between like I want to say like a like a strong breeze and a monsoon level wind yes, like, <laughs> yes. Like, like I can't quite decide like, what level of like because I was like a breath of fresh air but I was like it's it's hard as an no, air it's but it's like <laughs> but it's not as little as like, it's, not, it's not too far from a hurricane <laughs> and I love yeah. the relationship he creates with um with Liz um with Liz yeah with Liz mm. Reddick and he's but and he's like religious mm. but in like this really interesting way you know so he's like openly religious but in a very anyway everybody I would just I would recommend even if you look up like what which episodes is Andre Bauer in like in in the good fight I would highly recommend just watching them yeah you know what I actually found interesting also about I mean we spoke about it also being kind of anthological I actually think each season can stand by itself and someone could just join watch season six and it be its own thing because they all stand you know together and you know um thematically Mm -hmm. and even if you just watch season six just to see um this Rashad character and you would also see the dynamics at play between Liz and Diane and all of that I think each season can really stand on its own and he is such an interesting character he interestingly I found was at the end Liz's best partner they really had each other's back backs 100%. by the end. Even though he came in wanting to like take over, eventually it was like they together were the takeover. And and I and I really enjoyed enjoyed that. Um, 
So let's do our scorecard. Who is? I mean, this is going to be so for me quite difficult because there's so many characters. But who mm. is your favorite character? Oh, why would you ask me such a question? I, you know, so I, I, and this is a question you always ask, but for some reason I forgot. I mean, caveat with like we're gonna miss so many because there are so many characters. I know over the entire. Well, then I'm so, just I'm yeah. gonna go with Adrian Bozeman. Okay. I am. I found him to be incredibly dynamic. First of all, Delroy Lindo, who's the actor, yeah. he is 70 years old. Can you believe? I- like, he's currently <laughs> 70 years old. I genuinely yeah. thought he was like 60, 65, maybe. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, just because he's so energetic still. And he's now in this new show that I haven't seen yet with Kerry Washington on. Oh, yes. Hulu he called, yes. And Unprisoned. Prison. He comes out of prison. Yeah. And from what I've seen, the clips and the videos, like, He's really funny. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, which I guess shows my ageism. Why am I surprised that a 70 year old is like dynamic and interesting? But Oh, you're so um, funny. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's but, interesting for me when I saw the trailer, I was like, I expected it to be a serious show just because I'm used to him being in serious shows. Yeah, exactly. But even in uh, The Good Fight, he is incredibly mm-hmm. funny. And he yeah. knows it. And you see it, you, you know, you see it coming. Like there's that clip that went viral at the time of that that episode came out when he's on the panel and he's like trying to egg on one of the one of the newscasters to say the N-word. It's like a, a silly N-word debate. And he like takes it to the end level. He's like, I'll let you say it. You know, he's like, say it, come on. Say it. And he's just <laughs> so good. And I loved, I mean, he's so tall. He's like a commanding presence in those rooms. But I, I think he should, for obvious reasons he's often playing some kind of leader again because of being such a commanding presence and I just thought the the dynamism as I said earlier that he bought he brought rather to the role um Mm. of being like and and still there was also like a softness and a vulnerability like when he would be Mm. around Liz but still also trying to like be playful and like seduce her and all these things and I was very sad when he sort of like left like uh, you know just disappeared from the season I I, because I really really enjoyed him so I would I would say yeah Adrian Bozeman I mean you're really selling me you're selling me on Adrian hey I I did I did love Adrian you know I think I'm going to say (laughs) I'm going to say my favorite characters are Luca Marissa um, Maya but my favorite I definitely think definitely think is Liz I love her character development. I think she grew. She was challenged. And I, I love that she stayed open till the end. She was always fighting, I think. Because for her, it wasn't just the good fight. wasn't just um, the cases they were fighting. But it was also the complexity of having a father who is wrapped up in such difficult scandal and trying to figure out what that means for you and also constantly fighting for her place in the firm that her father started eventually rising to the top and also when the you know the time when they were brought up by str lori and really trying to keep this firm afloat and the struggle that it was for her um, to let go of a lot of things and a lot of power. I really love Liz, actually. And I just think Audra McDonald can really, for me, do no wrong. I will follow her wherever she may go. <laughs> where are we going next, Audra? I'm going next. I mean, honestly, that was my first thought immediately where I was like, Liz Reddick. But I was like, I just like Audra McDonald. 
yeah. <laughs> the bomb is a yeah, very yeah. salad by <laughs> by my general feelings ever since um not uh what's that one the good practice private practice, uh, uh, private, practice. private practice yeah but I will say another shout out again so I Adrian Bozeman's my favorite because for all the reasons that I said and I mm. see him sort of as like in a good light the ones that are hard for me to like but I actually low-key my favorite I really love and we didn't mention him David Lee the family lawyer who is a pain he's fantastic he's a pain no, to everybody I, but exactly he's, he's so good he's his fantastic. voice his um he's so he's so like sarcastic he's so rude he's so serious about his work he's he's you know he's meant to be the guy in the firm who's kind of a hard ass you know as they would call them in like American parlance and once he becomes like once they partner before the firm goes in and they have to partner with like this big international law firm SDR Laurie and then he has to sort of like be ups and he's always always trying to like intervene and ruin like all the plans (laughs) that (laughs) that Diane and Liz have and yeah he's truly the fly in all of our soup but he's so compelling as an actor and he's so compelling yeah so command like I really like David Lee I'm 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 glad I remembered him before we we finish this episode he's from The Good Wife as well isn't he yeah Mm -hmm. yeah he showed up there a few times um your least favorite character if you have one who it's okay it's not like a main character my least favorite main character I don't know do you have one you know I can I'm think looking of a number of guest like, stars that I that I, that are my least favorite but um I I can't think of you know you know who no you know what I actually enjoyed Allegra who played who was played by Wanda Sykes I enjoyed mm-hmm. her even though like I, I actually but Even that's a side character. So are we counting non-main characters? Because I'm trying to see like... We can count non-main characters. Although, no. I think the truth is, I mm-hmm. felt like even the ones that we were not for, like you're not pro them, were mm. incredibly compelling. And so for that reason, I don't have a least main character. Even my least favorite side character, which I do have, who do, I'll say now is the character Jane Lynch played. Um, yeah. Madeline Starkey uh-huh. I just felt her as a pain in my side but she was brilliant so it wasn't like she just was for it me was it was so she was just good. a pain in my side I was like oh and all oh, every time that they'd go to her office that time went to her office and the birds would die oh, oh. oh. I know and they kept on doing that for me easily my least favorite recurring character Mm-hmm. is all I know is that she's the daughter of Meryl Streep Mamie Gummer oh yes who plays this lawyer I just googled her name is Nancy Crozier and she right. is she's the one so sneaky and she's yeah. so oh my she got she got right under my skin and it's it's the only yeah. thing I've ever seen where I was like okay you're also a good actress maybe your mother left you something but like <laughs> <laughs> maybe it's the jeans or something but and she was also in the good wife as well um mm. but she's the remember, I think in the good wife the most sneaky thing she did was like use her pregnancy was she it might have been a different lawyer but where she would be like oh you know like as like I'm just like a pregnant lady like trying to get the lawyers on her side oh right you know right. and uh, oh she's icky Ugh. she is but, yeah yeah. And then your favorite side character or guest star? Uh, I already spoke about Elspeth Tassioni. Yes. Um, and then Love to Hate is also, uh, we spoke about him earlier. 
but he's this conservative gay character. Oh, who yes. Is always um, bringing cases. Felix Staples. Felix Staples. Disgusting. <laughs> Disgusting just... and the worst. And um, I just can't stand it. Really just. I don't even know where to begin. Like <laughs> I love that they can't stand it either. Like every exactly. time they see him, they're like, oh yeah, the, not this guy. But also, oh no, I'm thinking of the good wife, I think. Was Michael J. Fox in the good fight or in the good wife? Mostly in the good wife, I think. He was mostly in the good wife. He did, yeah. I think he did make an appearance. I think he did in... make an appearance. Yeah. Yeah. And there yeah. was also that that man who they suspected was a serial killer. Who always made an appearance. Uh, I forget his name. He's if he has a very recognizable face as an actor. They're just coming to me now as we're talking. So unfortunately, I do not have good info for our listeners. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? For sure. And then I also actually I enjoyed um this is sort of like least and like it's like my least favorite, but in a way I enjoyed having uh the character there. And he's also not really my least in like the leastest way. But Neil yeah. Gross, who is the CEO of Chumham, the oh, the, yes. the sort of co- yes. corollary for Google in our life. Um because yeah. I, I just found it I found it to be a really useful device to discuss all these mm. um internet related cases. Even when they were doing like video games, like, you know, stealing TikTok dances from like black youth and not compensating mm. them and then making all this money from it being like a future feature on their video games and all just all this very interesting tech stuff. Mm. And he would mm. be there and I, and he would represent like the side of the, you know, the corporation. But then also yeah. he came back later to be like, because he's a Democrat and he hated Republicans. Yes. And he was like, I want to use all my resources like yes. to fight the Republicans the, the, in the dirty way that they fight the they Democrats. They do it. And yes. can I tell you, that was my favorite part of the season. I was like, yes, when they yes. go low, we, we go need lower. to go to we the need balls to actually of find a drill. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yes. <laughs> it's like, thank you, Michelle Obama. You had your moment, but you were wrong. We have it's you were wrong, girl. You are wrong. It didn't work. We have to drill down to the core of (laughs) the earth. Like we need to be the dirt under their feet. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. If they're starting Um, things. I I mean especially now that they don't even want us to read. You you there's so many things there at once. We're gonna move on. We're gonna move on. We're gonna move on. I I mean there's so many character side characters I loved. I loved actually enjoyed and dis- and disliked um Dal Cooper so Wayne Brady's character I oh. I really I liked him and also I didn't know. like him I so know. I know um and I think that's a good that character that you like and don't like and I felt the same about um we spoke about um before we recorded Judge um Wagner who's played yes. by Mandy um Patankin yeah. I I enjoyed him. I, I liked episodes. him, and I didn't like him. He was one of those characters but that that's I felt I li- like. <sighs> yeah, while we're <sighs> just on the on on those on that character specifically, I think it's such that was season five, right? Yeah, it was season it was the, five. Yes, five. Yeah. Yes, I thought that was such a good creative depiction of a theoretical legal issue you know what I mean like I really liked that it was like what is actually the law like if it's unaffordable Mm. people can't reach it I Mm. and he was like someone who'd been a real judge and then was like no I want to give the people like what they need and everybody agrees contractually which is like a legal Mm. thing that they will be bound by his ruling but he's not a real court and then they wanted to sue him because they're like you can't just pretend to be 
the law and he's like am I even pretending to be the law like you know like and also like what is it if this is how unequal and inaccessible Mm. it is you know what I mean like this is sort of like community justice in a way this is community justice exactly exactly. and what's wrong with it exactly is it what's wrong with it exactly like what is it if it's it's making it accessible what is wrong with that actually especially if you're Mm. following legal principles what's wrong what's mm-hmm. what's the problem but it was also um, funny and he, was also, doing, he was like awarding i don't know potato chips what was he doing some of these oh, the show is yeah so he, the was, more I think about- he was there was silly he was making people apologize like it was just silly they would wear and costumes also, they would have fun in yeah, sports because he was like yeah. is, is silly and i love that um shout out to another wonderful side character we mentioned her though marissa marissa gold um she her. was like i will become his law clerk he asked her to become his Lockluck in this her. cartoon court, you know, and she was like, she's the most cynical in the show. She's the most yeah. kind of like takes it almost all as a play, you know, um, as a joke. And yet she was quite compelled, you know. But yeah, and she's actually yeah. she's definitely my favorite side character. I enjoy Jay as well so much, mm. um, and his journey. And then I actually enjoyed Lyle this in the sixth season, who the the doctor that. Um, mm. Diane becomes you know, involved with because I liked him because I liked him and I didn't like him another one of those characters where I, I felt like no I interestingly was rooting for um Diane and and Kurt, Kurt I like Kurt Kurt McVeigh is truly it really confused me from when he got introduced in the in the good wife I was yes. on the journey with Diane I was on the yes. on the controversial journey with Diane I was like this man works for the NRA, Diane. How are we gonna do this? Yes. Like, you know how we like it's and I do you know what I really loved about this season? And mm. you know, all the seasons where Diane and Kurt are sort of um in conflict. Yeah, in trying to figure out their diet, like they how are they so far apart but so in love? I loved that it had that question again in the season and that it ended, you know, one of, if we actually move quickly to the next part of it is season six, one of the main themes was the end of things. And it was the end of the push and pull between Diane and Kurt. The question I think that has been in a lot of people's minds, specifically in American culture um, and in the American zeitgeist is if, you know, some family members don't even speak to each other anymore because of polit- politics. You know, marriages have ended because of politics um, yeah. and the extreme, the heightened political, um, you know, discourse mm-hmm. and people navigating personal relationships where they have such opposing political views mm-hmm. and where you actually feel like you can't relate to the person and you don't respect their views and you think their views are actually wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's something that Diane actually just gets to the point of saying, I actually think your views are bad for the world. And yet have us still rooting for them to be together. Yeah. It's such an interesting, I found compelling narrative to have in a such a divided society where we would 
Mm. Actually, a lot of people, I mean, you'd think we'd be saying, no, divorce him, Diane, like leave him. Mm -hmm. But actually they get you to root for them as a couple. And Kurt Mm -hmm. is not a bad guy. Um, And and you're close to, I mean, this is what irritated me about Kurt is he would tell me things that humanized these issues that I have strong feelings about, right? That I don't mm -hmm. have to, or that at least made me understand how people are there. You know what I mean? And, and, and made me understand how like, the ecosystem works or the or, or like the thing works but I'm glad that you know by the time they got into like our absurdist Trump years he was also compelled to be like I mean part of my just to finish because we wanted to talk about favorite storylines and stuff mm-hmm. specifically between Kurt and Diane they were like we have to subpoena you to reveal um yes. the January 6thers right like yes. because he had given like a tour to some people mm. and and you know and it gets very complicated in that because mm. now he, it is like well who because he was obviously very much like I was not pro January 6th you know yeah. like I did not want people then they're like but were you a part of it like because people came and toured and then they were told like where to go and all the uh, anyway I just found it I'm, I'm I'm I was always every single season I have been very impressed I'm like how are you capable I don't even know who the people are in that room. Like whoever they are, they have some kind of gift. They have some kind of, because how are you able to tell, to be in real time, you know, yeah. commenting on the issues that are happening right now right and now. being able to do so. I mean, I think overall, if you watched it, you would still judge it, as you said, that it's a primarily kind of left-leaning, you know, mm. most of them are Democrats in that firm, which is accurate for like the location, the energy of the firm yeah. and all that sort of stuff. The capacity to just make commentary that is nuanced, that is clever, that is also funny, and that also has a lot of heart in it. Because the other thing is this isn't like a, a sleek like gotcha you know kind of like Mm. legal drama where like they win things and like they're super cool I mean don't get me wrong would wear every outfit that Liz (laughs) and Diane would absolutely (laughs) but um, yes you know there's like there's deep confusion there's deep sadness there's deep struggle with all of it you know in in like a in a very very you know compelling way you know yeah um so is that your favorite storyline no, well I I love that I was thinking about just Curtin and 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 mm-hmm. Diane like my favorite storyline between them outside I mean this season because just because it's the most recent I did like what are we going to do about white supremacy um mm. storyline I was very affected I was surprised that they they went as intense as they did and as, mm-hmm. uh, you know, like boom as they did, but it makes sense because I'm not sure. I think Michelle, I, I'm not sure about the creators, but like the 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 way they addressed anti-Semitism, I like that it was not, they didn't try to sugarcoat it. They didn't try to overly theoreticize it. Like, you know, spoiler alert, you know, but there was a literal act of violence, you know, that was purely mm-hmm. anti-Semitic. Um, I'm glad they brought Eli back for it. I'm glad that I Marissa, and, Eli, I mean, yeah. obviously, how else are you going to do it without having like the, the known Jewish characters be central mm. to it? But um, I, so that was like a tough one, but I liked the way that they like built the world of white supremacy around the whole thing, like multiple mm. episodes with the clashes going on in the street. You know what I mean? Yes. With the noises, with the having to do security protocols, with the, all that stuff. Like, cause I liked that it was like, suffocating in that way yeah. because it's it I felt like it was metaphorically correct to do it that way I agree with that as well I 
really like them talking about white supremacy is not just one thing. It is anti, anti-black mm-hmm. and anti-Semitic. There's also then the battle between Jew, Jewish people and black people. Mm-hmm. Um, and also like the fight for who's the worse off minority. Mm-hmm. And having that discussion somewhat in that's in the season, I thought was because it is something that is happening in America, the discussion of like some things are more acceptable than others. And mm-hmm. also like there are black people who think that uh, Jewish people now don't really suffer in the same mm-hmm. way. Mm-hmm. And then we don't take anti-Semitism as seriously. But then we also take it so seriously in a way we don't take anti-blackness as seriously. And all of that. Um, I actually also enjoyed um, the season where Julius was, there was that secret society that was trying to get um, him in, in jail when he was a judge. I really enjoyed it. I found it so strange and It was so, so what was it, Section 16, NC-16 yes. or something like that? Yeah. It was so <laughs> interesting. And then he got a pardon from Trump to get off <laughs> Oh, he had to get a laugh. pardon. Uh, yeah, it made me laugh. It was a, I thought it was a, a, an interesting storyline. And I actually just really enjoyed when they did the Me Too stuff. And, you know, it was sort of a, there's a difference, I think, for people between when it's a Me Too of someone who's like Harvey Weinstein or uh, Jeffrey Epstein, who is just like their addition to society is not like civil rights movement leader. They're not like a Bill Cosby who stands for something in the black community. There's a difference between those two and how hard it hits people when it's somebody you thought you could look up to, somebody you thought was leading the fight for black people for civil rights and then grappling mm. with it being your parents and legacy and all of that. I, I really enjoyed that. Um, I, I did too. Do, I think that was a great one. Speaking of Epstein, like, did you know that um, Alan Dershowitz, who was mentioned in that episode, he's that Yale law school professor? Um, yes, yes. You know of him, and he was like a bit embroiled in the scandal. Do you know he he's suing yes. he's suing the show, or like he he for mentioning him and like implying that he like got a massage as well. So that's how like that's how contemporary that's how like real time the good fight is. <laughs> Do you know? Interestingly, I'm I'm more I'm surprised more so that more people haven't sued. I was like, are people just not watching the have. good fight? Maybe people. Mm, because because there's so many things they take it they take it to the edge and then sometimes they go over the edge and they mention real people's names. I mean, even the Ron DeSantis storyline, mm-hmm. I was mm-hmm. like, <laughs> it's true. But I mean, first of all, I'm pretty sure that um, people more people have attempted to sue them, maybe. But yeah. also, um, these studios have like hella legal teams that yeah because it's like you drama. know clear they yeah and they clearly they, they, they comment on it because it's in the public record and then they yeah. can they can work from that so I'm very sure that like a lawyer went through with the comb and was like you can say this you know yeah yeah in the in the in the public record or whatever yeah I mean do you have a least favorite storyline I don't think I do if I'm honest 
No, because again, I think the level of creativity of the show kept every, I just didn't know what was ever coming. So it's, it's, I just never thought, and anytime I saw anything that I was like, oh, how interesting, or like, that's strange. I, I didn't think like, I don't like that. I, I've always been quite I'd be like, wow, I, I, they did that. You know, they really did that. Like yeah. even with the, the, the anti-white supremacist, like underground, like group. Yeah. I loved that so much. Felicia Rashad. Shout, you know? shout out Felicia Rashad. Oh like shows word. up and I'm like, yes, you would be the boss lady of the new, yes. you know, iteration mm. of the Underground Railroad or whatever you want to call it. The reverse Underground Railroad. You would be the leader. Um, so no, I would I would say the same. I can't think of a of a least favorite storyline especially in the good fight I mean there's a number of least favorite cases I might think You're of, right, right, right. you know what I mean but but in this one everything was always like tied in with everything in like such an interesting way so and and also a lot of the things were on the nose and also mm-hmm. meant to be controversial so they did exactly. like they did their job but yeah I think season six was fantastic an amazing way to buy, bow out um we've spoken a lot about it already you know they they also had the end of the sort of relationship with str laurie which i was really glad about um and you know the beginning of a new era for all of them diane um eventually leaves the firm and she's going to boston i think it is to start her was to head up the the new um well well it's a it's a firm already with um it's dealing with women's cases and women's rights cases um liz and rashad are really now the re- the, the partners um working together and they're back to taking on like these big cases um like the in like taking big corporations on like the nfl and i actually really liked at the end the storyline of um the chamham chamham guy who came and he was like when he was talking about let's go low because mm-hmm. i think there is a discussion to be had about like you know politics is still politics and mm-hmm. and i guess it's a discussion that not just democrats are having but what's what the show like we spoke about constantly was having about mm-hmm. what are the ethics of these situations um mm-hmm. how far can we go how far can you go the question they ask for democracy you know how far do you need to go to retain a democracy to not become a fascist state um mm. yeah, i just found it so fascinating interesting love the show love everything about it 10 out of 10 would recommend i mean yes absolutely and i wish tv could save lives because the good the good fight would because <laughs> yeah. because i i a part of me just feels like if everybody just watched the good fight and they understood <laughs> <laughs> the nuances of all these issues you know what I mean? you know, we'd have we'd, we'd have a, a fighting chance at least in the u.s of a that's fast deteriorating into fascism you know um yeah. no i mean it's bad uh not to end on that note but it's i don't good. know it's not good at all i don't know if you have any americans listening but um books that's usually like that's not even at the beginning that's sort of like we're almost middle of the way in you know yeah yeah. (laughs) very very much middle you know they are uh telling you what you can do with your kids um they're (laughs) what you can do with your body so just when they start uh, banning things that's when you know when they start banning thoughts I mean, literally, I was watching something the other day, and in Texas, I believe the board of of trustees of one of the universities in Texas is is planning on banning 
or, or like punishing, like not allowing the use of the word. And we've been here. We we know about critical race theory. We know about all these things, but for specifically the word racism. Oh which... yes, you're not allowed to call someone a racist in Florida. They're introducing that bill where you can't call someone a racist, and they could sue you for calling. Where are they getting all this money from? I don't like where where you know like who's like where big corporations. There's exactly. actually such an intro discussion, interesting discussion to be had, and I think we might actually tackle it if we do this doc, the documentary about. Yes, um, when we get to the documentary one. Yeah, yeah but these other sort of fascist, Christo fascist um, organizations, organizations that are, and they're always called really... something like the D- defenders of american freedom or yeah, something like yeah, that something meanwhile like their that. whole objective is to make sure nobody's free <laughs> <laughs> no no single body it may be free <laughs> as long as i actually live you know? <laughs> like, i'm like yeah so everything yeah. i just feel bad for the drag queens who've been brought into this to be honest with you like every single time there's some sort of niche issue that the Republicans are like, I'm going to, and I'm saying the Republicans, obviously not all, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I'm not at them. You know what I mean? But like, I, I'm sort of like, but haven't these people just been around living their lives, managing doing nothing they can in our society, which isn't very, we're not like, hi, hail, hail the drag. You know, nobody's like giving them flowers every other day. They've just made their little way, you know, they make their little sequin dresses. But, like, and but, now today we're like, a new and present danger danger <laughs> and then of course we know that it's not about that it's a it's yeah, really about homophobia and they just don't and like the and um, i mean they they're not gonna say don't watch mrs doubtfire that's not what they're gonna say like as in like mrs doubtfire i mean that's drag oh big goodness. mama's house that's yeah. drag anything mm. um tyler perry's doing with medea that's drag that'd be drag they're not yeah. going to speak about that though no, <laughs> because all not. of those actors are actually mm-hmm. heterosexual mm-hmm. 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 um there is a very interesting video I, I wish i could remember the creator let me try and find it, it it's if you're on tiktok at pjadz individual uh, gives the public an education shows us a movie from 1943 called this is the army and it is essentially uh, like just a long drag performance but it's like soldiers you know and it was done it was paid for by the army to raise money made a bunch of money like at the box office Mm -hmm. oh i don't know if they called it the box office then um and you know there's these actors they're doing celebrity impressions exactly like medea like mrs doubtfire like everybody's there they're singing songs you know at some point this creator is like in case you're like oh but they're all adults there's no children like cuts to the scene where there's a child and the mom is like (laughs) or something like that and then like the big closer is he's like before he's like i'm not even done like this is this is the final one the main actor right in this movie called this is the army is ronald and (gasps) i know and so it's like the fact that this like the existence of this thing would never fly would never happen in today time you know it would be too wrong it would be too controversial the children would become too damaged we wouldn't even know where to go and by the way so, the, the, you know, this creator is making the argument that, like, there's nothing more patriotic, more American than drag, like, based on this movie. <laughs> but, <laughs> well, I mean, he's being obviously a bit sarcastic, you know, yeah, to make yeah. the point. But it's just like, wow, the pendulum really does swing and fold yes, in on it itself does. and become all sorts of ways once you become, once you you stoke those f- fires of fear. 
uh, the the fear, the fear. These communities suck. Those communities suck. Like da, da, da. Like there's no listening. Everything's like reactionary to like mm. oh you, from the beginning. You know when they were like the Black Lives Matter. It's sort of like shut up. Why? What about all these things? As opposed to like <laughs> what are you even talking about? Yeah. Like what? what yeah. We don't listen. Yeah. We don't listen well anymore. Mm. So it's a bit of a disaster. But yeah. Anyway, um, but let's just close because I've got to go. Yeah. We love this show. We've got a quote from Adrian Bozeman and really speaks about the, you know, thematically what the show is. And the only constant is the law. Everybody running around out here doing God knows what. The only <laughs> constant we have is the law. That is 100% true of all of the folks at Reddick Bozeman <laughs> and Nicole Stad. <laughs> okay, thanks, Samson. This was fun. Thanks, Porsche. All right, bye-bye. Are you saying bye for real? No, to the <laughs> Thanks for listening. You can follow us on Instagram at Assume It Will Be Brilliant Pod. And if you have any questions, queries, or comments, please email us at assumeitwillbebrilliant at gmail.com. And remember, step out into the unknown, assuming it will be brilliant. If you listen to the show and you like it and you love it and you want to support it, and help other people find us, please leave us a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. Even if you listen on Spotify or anywhere else, please hop over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a rating and a review. Thank you.